really grateful for everything to me. I can remember only best about her because she was so kind. Because she was really kind. She was a caring, kind, selfless, and equally devoted friend who would give anything to help a dear one out. She made everything what she could for everyone. Everybody loves Nino. <laughs> Welcome to Voices of the Ancestors, where we explore Georgian polyphonic songs and the women who sing them. The voices today are me, Holly Taylor-Zuntz, and me, Susan Thompson. And we're joined by a rich tapestry of voices to pay tribute to the life and work of Nino Kalandadze Makaradze. Now, Nino was an ethnomusicologist, an editor, and singer in Zetamze, which was a women's ensemble. Yes, and just like the Khevsaretian dress which Nino wore on stage with Mzetamze, which was embellished and changed over time, this episode has been pieced together using samples from friends, colleagues and students. Oh, Holly, that's such a nice way of putting it. And a bit like those dresses where they're sort of pieced together from things from all over... The result of that process, when you're doing an audio as a tribute to someone's life, I mean, it can never be the whole person's life. So I'd really like to thank you, Holly, for, for stitching together all the different little bits of audio we have um, to create that impression <laughs> of Nino for our listeners. It was a pleasure. It was a labour of love and a pleasure. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I have a great thanks for uh, Nino's sister, Ketty Kalandadze. Um, in the early days after Nino's death, she sent me this message and she said, there's no book published, project or any dissertation written about Georgian folk songs without Nino's help. I've no idea how she did it. Since then, I now look in all books to see if Nino's there. The one I brought back most recently about um, the Kichkumian folk songs. I opened it up and there's Nino on the inside page as one of the editors. Yes, so many books from the Chanting Foundation and all sorts of other publications. So, yeah, it's thanks to Nino's sister, Ketty, actually, and the British Georgian Society who awarded us a bursary. Um, it's thanks to them that this episode was possible. And we were really touched by the wording of the award. The chairwoman said it was in recognition of our contributions to furthering the appreciation of Georgia's rich musical traditions in the UK and beyond, which is lovely. It is. So let's hope this episode continues that theme for you listeners. That's right. And we're going to start by hearing from Eka Diasamidze Graham. Now, she worked with Nino for a very short window of time at the folk music department, but I think that time was formative for Eka. It clearly had a big effect on her. Nino 
Kalandadze Maharadze. It's quite difficult to talk about her in the past tense. Nino, as we all know, devoted herself to Georgian culture, singing and studying Georgian traditional music. She had profound knowledge, yet she was very humble and sometimes even shy when someone would ask her opinion about the things she knew really well. Nino had a very subtle personality and for me it was always a great pleasure to be around her. I had a privilege of knowing her from the very first year I entered the conservatory, along with the other professional ladies of her immediate circle. I admire very much. These were and are the specialists in the field I got to work with. Also, I happened to attend her dissertation defense, which um, allowed me to understand better what was the main focus of her research among the vast number of genres where she was like a fish in water. And um, as you all know, the center of her study was Georgian lullabies. Now that I think about it, it would be a quite natural choice for someone like Nino. Lullabies require delicate manner of singing, at which Nino was absolutely incredible. And uh, Georgian lullabies also need modest manner of singing with a touch of um, melancholy, sometimes even sadness, if you like. And I think Nino's voice had it all. We all miss her dearly. Thank you for this tribute. And may her memory be eternal. <laughs> That was Nino Kalandadze Maharadze singing a Hevzeretian lullaby. And wow, that was just so different to any lullaby I've ever heard before. I know, it's extraordinary. I mean, if you hadn't told me it was a lullaby, I really don't think I think it would have been one. Um, what Eka said about Nino's voice really came through in that piece, didn't it? I mean, that sort of tender quality at the beginning was so oh, delicious. And then, and then where it ended up with the... I mean, what was that? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> so that song was chosen by Nino's friend and colleague Nana Valishvili when we asked her, which song reminds you of Nino? Yeah, and she wasn't the only person to mention that song. It was obviously something that Nino really inhabited and, uh, you know, and held as true to herself. Yeah, it really showed the full range of her, her singing voice and her personality, I think, all came through. Absolutely. And Nana was one of the first people we spoke to about Nino back in November 2021, which was a few months after Nino's untimely death. And we spoke to Nana at the Folklore State Centre, uh, where she works as an ethnomusicologist. Yes, that's right. And it was such a sad time for all the ethnomusicologists that had worked with Nino. 
Nino habited this world um, of academic institutions and um, expeditions out to villages, collecting songs and meeting village people. And I imagine her character was very well suited to that, to teasing songs out of people. So here's Nana talking a bit about Nino's work, bridging that gap between the folk world and the academic institutions. She worked very much in her, in her profession. She made a lot of projects with Anzor Kumaishvili last last time they made together uh, biggest project about Georgian culture and history uh, and uh, many uh, editions of Georgian uh, folk songs and uh, also recordings. She's a professor of uh, Ilya University but uh, also, she worked at conservatory and uh, many times. By the way, she started uh, her work here in, at the Folklore State Center after conservatory. Three, uh, three years she was a specialist of folk department here and then uh, to the conservatory and I, I started uh, my work on this uh, afternoon here. And also, uh, she made a special program for the folklore uh, uh, laboratory of conservatoire, like the electronic library. Yeah. And so and so, it's too much. Yes. But uh, she was very special person. Yes, and we miss her very much. singing Batonebis Nanina, and you're hearing Nino on the top voice here. Mzetamze apparently means something like son of sons, and it's also a place name in Georgia. And we've heard it's a mythological name indicating female origins. Yeah, now Ensemble Zetamze, they formed back in 1986. There were six women musicologists, including Nino and Nana from the Tbilisi State Conservatoire, and they focused exclusively on the traditions of Georgian women. And I was quite surprised that up until that point, it was quite a small circle of specialists that knew this music. And apparently the initiative came from Edisha Garakadidze. Yeah, so it sounds like back in the 80s, women's repertoire was just not very well known or researched. And so I guess this would have been the first women's group that you heard, Susan. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd, I'd heard Rustavi, they'd travelled to the UK and been in concert. And I think Mitiebi had been over. But these were definitely the first women's voices, Georgian women singing that I ever heard. Wow. So they were really pioneers. Yeah. And luckily for you, Jeff Burton has just found the recordings he made of Zetamze when they toured the UK. So we can share a little piece of the excitement when audiences hear a dance song from one of Nino's favourite regions, Racha. <laughs> 
I'm quite lucky that I came to Georgian singing a bit later and, you know, they'd forged a path so that other women's ensembles could be heard. And so I've heard lots of women singing, but I'm still aware that it's it's not quite as well known um, as the men's group. And even from interactions I've had with other foreigners who've Googled Georgian singing, it's it's still the men's group that, that, uh, that are heard. And that's why we've started Voices of the Ancestors podcast, of course. That's right, with its focus on the women, to, so that we can show, put a, shine a light on those women's voices and, and share it around the world a, a little more widely. I mean, we're really lucky that Nino lived when she lived because there are recordings of her singing with Zetamze and there are some video clips of Zetamze performing because they did travel around um, and tour. Um, I found this morning one of them uh, in Kendall with David Burbage and the Lakeland Voices, and that was rather lovely. Um, and then another that I'd never seen before, and that was of Zetamze performing in Rapture in a church. And it must have been one of the dance songs, because at one moment they break into dance, and, and Nino's there dancing. And just watching, I had one of those sort of flashback moments, and I thought, oh, yes, Nino, I've seen you dance. There's something about... I don't know, the, 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 there are particular movements for women when they're dancing and there's just the sort of modesty with which she performed. It, it was delightful. Yeah, and it's not, it's not any kind of e- equality or PC case just to include women's repertoire. They are in their own right so fascinating. And the people that I teach um, Georgian songs to are always really interested to hear about the purpose of these songs because we know that all Georgian songs are sung for a reason and it's thanks to Mzetamze bringing to light the... So there's lullabies, songs to change the weather, um, songs for religious customs. 
Well, that's right. And and the fact that this group of women in Zetamze were, were all academics and they really deeply researched this. I mean, you should read the, the, the CD cover, the notes on their volume one and volume two recordings. They're so detailed and you get so much information from them. Um, you know, even to the extent where, you know, the work songs, it's work traditionally done by women. So the production of processing of wool or the calming of cows during milking. I like that in particular. And then there are the comical songs and the dance songs <laughs> and, and moving on to the, you know, the laments and the dirges. Yeah. So. And then there's the round dances too. And um, of course, not forgetting Batonebi, the infectious diseases and healing songs. And of course, I think they're pretty relevant today with COVID and whatnot. So that's what we're hearing, um, the Batonebis Nanina. And this particular recording is really interesting because it was part of a project run by Frank Sherbaum. And he was recording the women of Mzetamze using larynx microphones. Yeah, and they were really pioneers. I mean, they were really courageous. Nobody else had been recorded in this way. It was in the early days, I think, of Frank's work with the larynx microphones and with Nana Mishavanadze. Um, you know, can you can you imagine being a group of singers faced with somebody going, so I'd like to record you, but in, in, in intimate detail, I want to stick something on your larynx. Um, and then, you know, the, the recording will pick up just your voice and we'll be able to separate off the different voices and see how they're interacting in real time. Um, I, I think I'd find that quite intimidating as a singer, but, you know, Nina and Zatamze, they went for it. to hear Nino's voice coming across beautifully on the top part there, especially as I never had the chance to meet her. Um, Nino passed away in September 2021 in her mid-60s from complications with COVID. And Susan, I remember that you were in Georgia at that time. Yeah, that's right. And, and I kept hearing from people just how much Nino would be missed. Oh, mm. and, and how Nino was so very kind and how modest and such a good friend, and always ready to help as much as she could. Yeah, I mean, it was at her funeral that the idea for this episode was planted. Oh, really? How? Well, there was a group of people afterwards, standing outside the Antriscati church, and we were talking about how the characters of people are reflected in their funerals. So Anzor Komashvili had died earlier that year, and he'd had a massive funeral. It was practically a state funeral in the Sameba Cathedral. Is that the one, the really big cathedral that you can see from all of Tbilisi with the gold roof? Yeah, that's right. It's quite near the President's Palace, which sort of uh, <laughs> sets the scene somehow. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, and afterwards, um, after that funeral, the, um, there was a whole procession and he was buried at the Pantheon, you know, on Tatsminda, yeah. um, where there's oh, po- poets and presidents are buried there. All very fitting for the great man of Georgian folk. Yeah, I remember seeing videos um, of like the Svanetian group Riho processing up the up the mountain to the Pantheon. Yeah, that's right. And and it's funny because I heard another story that Nino's family were also approached and and offered a resting place for Nino at the Pantheon alongside the president. Yeah, alongside all those presidents and poets. But that's not what happened because her children thought Nino was so modest, so shy almost, um, that she wouldn't like it. So they said, no, thanks. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a bit like someone kind of being offered an OBE and turning it down in a way. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And and it was at that point when we were having this, this chat when Nino Nanayishvili said, well, it would be a really fitting tribute to Nino it, for, if she could be remembered in a podcast episode. Yes. Oh, that's... I understand now. And now <laughs> she's going to be here in this episode amongst songs and folk singers and ancestors yeah that's right so because of that the next music you're going to hear um it's from a rehearsal so it's with Nino Nanaishvili Andy Aloni it's just a few days after that moment we were stood outside um Nino's funeral and I wanted to to pop up there because I wanted to speak Nino wanted to speak Nino Nanaishvili, that is. So yes, many which Nino are episode. we talking Sorry. about? <laughs> <laughs> so this is Nino Nanaishvili. She, you know, she'd worked for many years with with Nino Kalantadze Makaradze and felt she was a friend and a colleague and a, a really valuable resource. And she wanted to talk about her for this tribute, but life is so busy sometimes that never happened. So I'm I'm just so glad I did pop up the hill and pop into that rehearsal and just sit sit with everybody and just go so what what songs come to mind when you think of Nino and I I hope their musical response to Nino's memory will will capture the essence for everyone expeditions in Raja region and mm-hmm. also she also likes so much to work on the 
expedition recordings from Rajas. a recording with Ialoni in the early days after Nino died and I found that everybody I came across who had known Nino just wanted to talk about her and the impact on their lives so I moved down to Batumi and recorded another of Nino's students Lola Sermonidze. Uh, my name is Lola from Batumi from Georgia I'm ethnomusicologist. I like folk music. Uh, Nino motivated me to work in folk music. I, I believe that uh, she's still alive. <laughs> Nino Kalandadze, yes. Yes. Uh, because I don't believe that she is uh, not with me. Yeah. She was my great friend, close friend. Mm -hmm. uh, she was like mother in my profession. Wow. So yeah. she was always with me. Yes. And now I'm without Nino, but... <laughs> but you so, still have a project that yes. you were working on with Nino. Yes. Uh, with Nino, I worked on the project. It's about old archive recordings. Uh-huh. In 2012, mm -hmm. I found the, all the recordings. Uh, that was time um, when I studied at uh, Batumi Art Teaching University, uh -huh. and Nino was my supervisor. I see. Now I finish this project myself. On but your own. On your own, mm. yes. Uh, but it would be better to do it with Nino. Yes. Yes. Of course. So, how did she help you? Did, is, was the archive in Tbilisi or in Batumi? 
Where, yes. where was the archive? Mm -hmm. uh, archive was in Batumi, ah. but uh, there are recordings uh, from 20th century, uh -huh. 60s, 50s years recordings. There are uh, Algerian and Gurin folk songs, especially it's really interesting, Kobuletian uh, Naduri, Naduri songs, yes, working songs. So I think Nino knew the archive very well. She knew what other recordings there would be. Yes, she knew. She knew the everything about folk music, about mm -hmm. recordings, everything. She, she was really competent uh, person mm. in this uh, field. I studied everything I know. Everything I know, I know from Nino. Wow. I'm really grateful for everything to Nino. She was a great person for me, and not uh, only for me. Yes. For, for her students, for her colleagues, for singers from the times there, and for everyone who knows Nino. Yeah. Only because she was really kind person. <laughs> she was good professional and uh, really the same time really kind person yes everybody loves me no yeah. <laughs> she was positive person she yeah. was really very very kind when I was chatting with Lola to hear her describe Nino as a positive person. Oh really? How come? Well, I think it's because because I knew her sister Ketty and I'd chat with Ketty and ask how Nino was. And from time to time she'd sort of say, Oh, you know, she's really not so good at the moment. You know, she's she's in a really dark place. And I think I, I'd labelled her as someone, you know, who experienced depression. And somehow I never thought that somebody that experienced depression could also be really positive. Mm, wow. Isn't it interesting how sometimes the people who are the most kind, light, giving, compassionate people are actually those who are struggling the most? Yeah. And I'm sure there's times I saw her where she was really, you know, trying to to do all the things you know are going to make life better, like. I'm thinking of all the times I saw her dancing and how that lifted her spirits and you could just see it in her face. And it sounds like it didn't stop her working and helping people. She just kind of managed it by saying, I'll help as much as I can, but I'm not in a great place right now. That's exactly right. That's what people said, you know, after the funeral. That's what they were saying. She, said, she helped so much. She was so kind. And often, she, you know, she was really struggling herself. So let's just pause in this dark place for a moment to hear a dirge from Shavsheti, sung by Ketavan Nikoladze, Nino's fellow singer in Zetamze. Ratvin ase male momitave, chemi dunia Chemodav, ratvinga momishpi, am duniai dan asemale, chemodav. Chemodav, shesukan raga 
The words of that funeral song feel so fitting. My sister, why did you destroy my world so soon? My sister, why did you leave this world so soon? So, to round off this tribute episode, let's return to Nana Valashvili at the Folk Centre for a moment of reflection and a spontaneous rendition of a much-loved Georgian song with quite philosophical lyrics about the fleeting nature of life and existence. You, so you know you Nina since you were 15? Yes. yes. What do you think motivated her? Why, why did she spend her whole life helping everybody about folk music? No, it was her character, I think. Uh, she yeah. could not uh, uh, another way. Yes. Take another way. Yeah. One of the things Holly and I have talked about for this episode is that in a year where so many people died, mm-hmm. and so many, that Nina's character was quiet mm-hmm. and reserved and humble, mm-hmm. and yet without her here, so many projects will stop. So her, mm-hmm. she made a big difference. Yes, even being quiet. That that projects are waiting for other people to continue, to be continued. Mm. To be continued. <laughs> to be continued, for sure, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes I think that um, some people are very uh, good professionals, but uh, around them are not too much people who love them. And, uh, and every time I think that, what's our life without, without, without each other? Yes. yes. Nothing. And Nino, Nino was following this way. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Voices of the Ancestors with Holly Taylor-Zuntz and Susan Thompson. Weaving together this episode was a labour of love and a big responsibility. Knowing that the British Georgian Society Award covered some of the costs helped us to keep on going. Yeah, Susan, you do realise this episode's been nearly two years in the making. (laughs) Oh, I know. And aside from the one-off donation from the British Georgian Society, we're still a listener-funded podcast. Please become a supporter of the arts on our donation platforms, www.ko-fi.com forward slash Voices of the Ancestors and on Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash Voices of the Ancestors Join our wonderfully generous community who help us weave together stories for you Just think what new or old stories we can bring you if we're able to travel to remote villages and hire translators Yeah, it's weird, but so often a Voices of the Ancestors episode has only been possible because we could seize the moment and be in the right place at the right time. Like, Holly, when you went to Pankisi in February. Oh yeah, that was a chance meeting in a hot spring in Georgia that led me to collaborate with Ben and Lucy from the YouTube channel From Rust to Road Trip on an episode about Georgian polyphony. So I introduced them to the concept of Supra and to the youth choir Ameri Meri, and we took a trip into the snowy villages of Pankisi. Oh yeah, I've been up there, but never when it was snowing. Yeah, this was pretty cool. Um, So this is the Kiss-speaking settlement near the border with Chechnya, where Sufi rituals like the Zikr ceremony are still practised, but they are in danger of dying out. So our mini-documentary is on YouTube now, and we'll link it in the show notes. We've been wanting to make a podcast episode about that area for so long. Yeah, and I would love to still make a podcast episode and get really deep into the musical side of things. But of course, that would require travelling there again and being there with a really good translator. So that is the kind of concrete cost that you can help with, listeners. And more regular donors really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our regular supporters. And thank you to the many people who've contributed to this tribute episode. Some have sat with us in grief and some have been alone recording thoughts and memories of Nino. All have been with us in spirit as the tribute took shape. Thank you, Gio Bagashvili, Ekaterina Diasamidze Graham, Ketavan Nikoladze Burke, Lola Somanidze, Nana Valashvili, Nino Nanayashvili, and Ioloni for your voices. And speaking of translators, thanks to all those people who really wanted to contribute but were not able to because we just didn't have a translator in the moment. And for those of you that want to get into the detail of this episode, we'll put any additional materials and links on the website where there's also a transcript for you to download. Please do help us out by sharing this episode on your social medias or by word of mouth or email. It really helps us to get the podcast into more people's headphones. Thanks for listening. Yeah.